killing me softly with his sniper rifle. Today on Cinema Oblivia. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivia, your podcast for discussions on out-of-date, out-of-fashion, out-of-style, forgotten, unremembered, obscure, and otherwise forgotten films. I'm your host, James Eldred. And who is joining me for today's episode? Hello, my name is Norm, uh, known as also Normally Retro on Twitter, and I am a fan of video games and all things that you can consider otaku. Yes, thank you very much for joining me today, Norm. You're based out of Chicago, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah, I love Chicago. I haven't been there in a few years. Would love to go back sometime. I used to go to La Palooza there. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't get a chance to go there yet. And I know since, you know, the virus, everything has been kind of shut down. So, you know, the fun bits of Chicago have been basically kind of <laughs> subdued, I guess you can say. But yeah, I'm, well. Yeah, yeah, I know. But the food is good. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's good. Now, I want, now I want pizza. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Have you had a Chicago I'm style? The, I, I'll, well, I like any pizza, but okay. yes, Chicago style is good. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I, I live in I live in I live in a pizza wasteland. You know, Tokyo <laughs> is is just nightmare for pizza. You have no idea how bad it is. So, yeah. I would love to go back and get like actual real pizza someday. I'll I, I, right now I would eat Little Caesars. <sighs> now I don't want to get into this. <laughs> people oh, know no. me. Oh no! Oh no! People know me as personally uh, like a sweet, huge fan of Little Caesars. I'm sorry. Me too. I grew up. Me too. On it. <laughs> me too. Pizza, Little Caesars is great. Little Caesars yeah. is great. It's it's. I mean, it's five dollars. Like it's hot and ready. It's there in the name. It doesn't say good. It doesn't yeah. say good. It says hot no. and ready. Right. Anyway, we are not here to talk about pizza. Not at all. Unfortunately, I just ate lunch. We are here to talk about Golgol 13, The Professional, the 1983 Japanese anime feature film based on the legendary comic book about the assassin with the least personality in the history of fiction, Golgol 13. Why did you want to talk about this movie, Norm? Well, it's something that goes way back with me. I'm really connected to this because, you know, when I first saw the Golgol 13 ad, I think everybody kind of saw that too. I think it was in a comic book and they showed the little top secret episode um, mm -hmm. graphics for the cover for the game. You know, it just kind of hooked me. I, I never was really into like fantasy, like comic books and things of that nature. Okay. Like Marvel, anything like that. Like, I've, you know, I've been an anime manga fan since like three. And when okay. I saw that, yeah, really, and then, um, you I know, when, it, I, yeah. when I saw that, uh, it captured me and I played the game. And then um, this company, came out with some, you know, of the manga graphic novels. Uh, I got the one, I believe it was, I know there was Ice Lake Hit and Gallop and Arrow, a couple of other ones, but I had one myself. And, you know, I was just really intrigued by this character and, you know, and him being a uh, hitman, assassin, things of that nature. So fast forward a little bit, uh, maybe like about a year later, I think it was like 1986, something around that mm -hmm. area. Um, at my local comic book shop, I saw this tape. And it had Google 13 on the front. Now, this is before the Streamline release, you know, oh, the American release. You got a local boot. There you go. Yeah. Uh, All right. 
because there was one of like great digital target from uh viz and it was like 80 dollars, so i couldn't get that <laughs> but um you know it was a japanese you know not subtitled not dubbed anything it oh was wow just, yeah it was the professional and you know i had it has the graphics on the front of it i was just like oh man i have to get this i think it was like 29.95 at the time at the comic book shop that sounds so, about right yeah for a bootleg yeah. Mm-hmm. so we grabbed it uh, at least i grabbed it and i took it home <laughs> my friends and i we knew the movie like back to forth without even knowing anything that happened because <laughs> <laughs> there's no no subtitles and it's in japanese yeah nothing That's at hilarious. all how how old were you when you saw this if you don't mind me asking uh, not old enough to watch the movie. <laughs> were, you, were, were you like, so I'm, I'm 41. Am I older than you or younger? I'm younger than you. A couple of years younger. Yeah. Um, okay. Four, I was I, wondering this. Yeah. You, you don't got to go into the details. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Cause I saw this first when it came out officially in America. Okay. So I've talked about the video store. So in the probably like 93, 94, mm-hmm. 95, we got into uh, rent an anime. At the video store, because people kept asking for it. People kept asking had, you, for that. People kept asking for that hot Japanimation. Yeah, yeah, one of those cool video stores. I, I love that. Yeah, but but you you think about the term Japanimation. You really can't use that because if you put a space in the wrong part of that word, it's bad. So I'm glad we stopped using the word Japanimation. But we had a Japanimation section. I helped choose the titles because I was like 13 at this point, so I'm like the target demo and. I wanted, I knew Golgol 13 from the video games. I played both the original and the Mafia Conspiracy, the sequel, mm-hmm. on the NES when they came out. I loved both of them, even though I didn't beat either of them because they're freaking impossible. And <laughs> that second game's a bastard. But yeah. before that, I knew anime. Like a lot of people my age, the first time they heard of it was Akira, really. And I didn't see Akira, but I saw clips of it on Siskel and Ebert. And I'm like, I want to watch all. I want anything with this. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I probably like one of the first anime I watched was probably Akira, Gunsmith Cats, Crying Freeman, another assassin movie, Vampire Hunter D, and Gogol 13, which I'm pretty sure I watched with my mom in the room. Oh, my God. Which, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, at the point, Ooh. at this point, I was 13 or 14, sure. maybe, maybe 12, probably 13. Yeah, thir- um, yeah, had to be at least 13. And, like, I had seen worse live acts and things with her in the room, so she just kind of shook her head and left. <laughs> well, to be honest, you know what? You, you mentioned that, and I actually thought about that as soon as you said it. Um, it's not really different from any, like, you know, R-rated movie and. You know, we've seen you work at a video store, so I know yeah. you can you have access to that at any time you wanted to. But uh, well, I think, it, yeah, it was the stylishness of it and just yeah. the, the the amount of it. Mm-hmm. And just oh, thank God he left the room before the scene <laughs> with the blonde in Italy, because that would have that probably would have had the TV turned off. Um, yeah. So I was captivated by it just because I wanted to see anime and I liked Gogo 13. And like you, I was never a big, never a big fantasy guy. I like sci-fi, mm-hmm. uh, not a huge fantasy guy. So stuff like Gogo 13 or Crying Freeman led up my alley. But yeah, anime was huge. Like I think younger kids don't, younger, younger, the kids today, I say that way too much on this podcast. The kids today <laughs> have no idea how lucky they are with anime, right? Yeah, we're at the age to say kids today, by the way. We we yeah. can officially say that. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Talk about talk about how hard it was to get anime back then. Man, it was a complete drop. Like I said, like 
video stores like yours were the cool ones. You know, we, mm-hmm. we there was nowhere to find anime. And if you did want to get anime, it was like twenty nine ninety five a pop. So that's like yeah. the one episode. <laughs> Maybe and, two, like the, those Evangelion tapes with two episodes, one tape, two episodes, mm-hmm. $29.95 dubbed, $39.95 subtitled, just a little extra FU charge. Yeah. <laughs> And like you didn't even like the one there was no the the internet that did exist then was not what it is now. You didn't know what you were getting. You just kind of had to read the back of the box. I remember accidentally renting a porno anime from my dad's video store. We went. I rented a Urotsuko. Oh no! Yeah, Urotsuki Doji. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, and that's the one that also got the store in trouble because (laughs) a nineteen-year-old rented that legal over eight well anyone's legal it's not it's not against the law even even a kid can watch that it's not illegal it's just you shouldn't do it okay a 19 year old went of that took it home showed it to his teenage brother the mom walked in on them it didn't go to the video store to complain didn't yell at her kid called the local news and said that sights and sounds home videos selling animated porn to kids oh man see that's <laughs> then, not so, fair so we were all over the news, but hey, you know what? You know what? There's no such thing as bad publicity, and man, <laughs> that really helped us move more anime. <laughs> well, I guess it's true. Then you know, bad news can be good news, and you know, That's bad publicity. Bad news. Sales. What's the bad news? The bad news is that my video store is selling anime with boobs. <laughs> like, I mean, well, that brings out otaku. Yeah, that. Yeah, that brings out the otaku, and that brings out stoners and everybody. You know, mm-hmm. like I've, like I've said before, the biggest per capita renters at our video store were Faces of Death and Cheech and Chong movies. So you tell me who's renting videos in the nineties? But makes sense. <laughs> I hear anyway. you. Yeah. But yeah, Gogol 13 is a character with a huge history. So you read the comics before you saw the movie? Yeah, I read the comics, uh, everything. Like I said, those first graphic novels. Um, <laughs> this is a, Yeah, I'll admit this on this podcast. I've actually never admitted this anywhere. And this will be oh, the no. first. So yeah, exclusive for you, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I forget I think forget what the title of the actual um, novel was, but it was one of the lead publishing novels. This is before it went to Viz. And okay. it was... It was a story about him uh, doing assassination. No and... shit. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah, surprise, sorry, right? Sorry. That's fine. Yeah. So um, the guy, what he used to, um, I guess, drug him with was some sort of like, I guess we could say Spanish fly. I don't know if that's still a term okay. you can use anymore. <laughs> I don't think so. Kind of <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <okay>. terminology. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, he passes that to him. The guy drinks it in his coffee. And he's like, all he can think about is like boobs and butts and all that type of thing. And he goes crazy. He tries to basically rape his his son's wife. And Lovely. So <laughs> what I did as a horny kid, I colored oh, in the drawings. <laughs> so okay. that's not the bad part. So I went to the doctor's <laughs> office and I was reading it. And oh, no. I went into the doctor's office and my mother... <laughs> She took the book from me, you know, she she read the book while I was in there. And then later on, it was like I had that talking to 
So it was oh, just yeah. like, yeah. oh man. But yeah, that goes back to what we were saying. You know, you're watching a cartoon with your mm-hmm. mother in the room and all of a sudden it's like, what is this? You know? Yeah, yeah. We should say up front, like, if we do discuss any details about this, I don't think we're going to get into too many spoilers, but this is a movie that has some pretty nasty depictions of women. Yeah. And some sexual assault stuff in it. So, if, you know, just just to get that out of the way, so people know about it. It's 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 not pleasant. You know, it's not that's not the focus of the film, but it's mm-hmm. a Japanese anime from the 80s. It's it is what it is. But yeah. I've never I, I read the comic a little bit. You know, off and on, I think probably later on, maybe when I probably the Viz ones, I don't I don't keep up with the names of the companies, but mm-hmm. the comic book in Japan is like super old. It's it's the longest running manga as of now. I'm pretty sure it's 1968. One guy, Takao Saito-san, he mm-hmm. has done every issue. <laughs> that's insane. I don't know. He I think he has, he has people helping him, of course, because that's yep. a little bit different in Japan. But like it's it's still his baby. And he's been doing it since 1968. He took his very first break last year because of COVID disrupting the distribution. But it's a huge series here. He started out doing manga adaptations of James Bond and Man from Uncle <laughs> stuff. Uh-huh. And that's where he got the inspiration for Golgo. I did not know this until researching this. Golgo is sort for Gol- Golgotha, mm-hmm. which is where Christ was crucified. And 13 is, you know, 13. So that's the, that where the name came from. But yeah, it is the huge thing here. You still see it here. His his face is everywhere. Gogol thirteen Duke Togo. He he's they put him on lighters. They put him on earbuds. They put him on cans of coffee. Like he's like Mickey Mouse with, a, with an assault rifle. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, it's funny. I followed Saito on Twitter, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he actually had a picture of uh, Gogol, Mister Duke Togo, with a mask on. And a bullet bouncing off of the mask. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, just insane. Like, yeah, people. Yeah, he's. It's still a big deal here, and it's been adapted several times. There's only one animated full-length movie. It's this movie, uh, but there are two live-action movies. Have you ever seen those? You know, I've been trying to, to muster up the strength to go ahead and watch it. I saw clips of it, and it's just like I don't know if I can go this far. I mean, there's two of them. There's one of Sonny Chiba in 78. And there's another mm-hmm. one in the early 70s. The early 70s one I've seen without subtitles, so I don't know the story, really. Okay. But I had the flu one day, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. But <laughs> I recommend that one because it was filmed in Iran. Oh, really? So if you want to see what Iran was like like in the mid-70s, like before everything changed there, it's fascinating. That's awesome. From that, from that regard alone. And it had a lot of big Persian stars in it, I guess. But that's okay. a pretty good movie. I haven't seen the OVA that followed this, and I haven't really watched the animated series. I've played the, the video games. There are like, I, we all know the NES games, but there were there was an SG one thousand game. Mm-hmm. There were several arcade games. There's a DS game. Like there are a ton of Gol Gol games. And I've tried all you of play, them. You played all of them. <laughs> you played the, the Silent Scope arcade ones before. Yeah, I haven't played it like live. I played it on on an emulator. That's but, much harder, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it is. But yeah. you, Silent Scope, you know, it's the perfect kind of you know uh, mechanism for that, and you know, for controller for it, it's really awesome. Yeah, because Silent Scope is a game where you play an assassin, a marksman for the, uh, the uh, police officers. You know, yeah. and you get health by looking at people with you know, girls in bikinis. Japan, but yeah, so Silent <laughs> Scope is a game where you you basically use a sniper rifle, and that's that's Gogol's main mo like he's an assassin he usually uses a sniper rifle but other stuff too but that like every issue of the comic is him plotting to kill someone or the fallout of him killing someone or 
<laughs> you know, he's a he's a work for hire. You know nothing about him. No one knows his name. No one knows his, his age, his nationality, anything. And so he's really kind of a cipher of just whatever you want it. You you, you put what you want into the character, I guess. You know, exactly. And it's a it's a strange character for a movie, I think. Yeah, I'm, it it, it kind of still goes back to the you know I mean because Saito he basically if you look at Sean Connery, you know as Bond <laughs> it it fits his character completely and you can see he essentially kind of plagiarized Bond, uh, not in a bad way but you know he has the same you know that the lines on his cheeks like yeah yeah <laughs> as exact the same thing. Yeah, yeah everything it all and and matches I up. guess he does kind of go back to the old the, the Connery Bond's pretty cold and. You know, women. So, <laughs> of course, uh, in yeah. in the Con- the Connery Bond air, women not the best portrayals of of women. But yeah, I, that's definitely one to one. I guess you know inspiration from there. So, mm-hmm. do you know? I wasn't able to find much about like why this movie was made, other than you know money. <laughs> but it was made. So, how much do you know about like comp- the people involved with in this movie? Like, do you know Tokyo Movie Shinsha TMS? <laughs> I don't know much about, you know, the movie um, and why it was made besides the fact that he was such a, you know, a huge character. Yeah. So, like, from what I could gather, they made this. They chose to make this primarily because they thought it would have international appeal. Oh, much more than more like Edo era, like samurai stories or or myth stories. They were like, and especially America, like, you know, they're like Americans like guns. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We do. Do we? I think. And (laughs) so. And so they, that was one of the reasons behind it. The, the movie's made by a company called TMS, a Tokyo Movie Shinsha. Okay. Now, I am not a disclaimer here. I am not an anime. I live in Japan. Yes. I speak a little Japanese. Choto. But I am not an otaku anime person. So I'm doing my best. Hopefully, Norm here is, you know, he's give, we're going to give it all to. But if I make the occasional tiny mistake about pronunciation or... Well, actually, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. I mean, you know, um, there's so much to deal with. And I mean, well, yeah, like you said, you're TM- going... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, but like TMS is a huge studio. And if you really want to learn a lot about TMS, there's a podcast called What a Cartoon, hosted by Bob Mackie and Henry Gilbert. They do the Talking Simpsons podcast also. Mm-hmm. And on What a Cartoon, they have often talked about Tokyo Movie Sinsha because they do, they did Akira. They okay. did. They're very old. They're from right after the war, but the, most Americans would know their work from Akira. They did Detective Conan, you know, in America, Case Closed, I think. Mm-hmm. Lupin, uh, Hamtaro, and they've also done a lot of work for hire for American studios. So, like Tiny Toons, especially the Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Summer Vacation movie. That's them. I remember them mentioning about that, and they said like the animation was like fantastic. Yeah, you can. Yeah, if if you watch an an eighties American cartoon and you're like, this episode looks really good <laughs> compared to the other episodes. Yeah, check the credits. Or a lot of times they'd hire them, or another. Um, a lot of times, like if you watch like a show like Mask mm-hmm. or uh, any other B grade anim- American animated show from the eighties, they'll hire a Japanese studio to fully animate the opening. Yeah, and that's why the opening looks amazing. Yeah, that like the opening for GI Joe looks really good, and like you said, mask. Yeah, yeah, reminds me just like of like top tier eighties anime, and then it's like yeah. you see the show, like, and it's like, oh, this looks nice and crappy. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because a lot they would animate the show too sometimes, but they wouldn't storyboard it. They wouldn't lay it out. They just work for hires at that point. They have no creative control. Sure. So it's like overseas animation. You know, goes to Japan or Korea. Now I guess China. I don't. I don't follow that that well. But the the main guy behind this movie was Osamu Dezaki. He's the director. I had never heard of him. I'll be honest. I'm not, again, I haven't heard of him, but he's a really big deal. Yeah, I saw that. I looked in there too, and it was like, oh, wow, he has a huge backlog. <laughs> yeah, huge thing. He he popularized a lot of common styles of anime you still see, like the idea of like freezing an anime, and then it kind of transitions into like a, a pastel painting that's called a postcard style. Oh, really? That's, that's his that style? He, that's him first. He did that. Mm, interesting. Uh, for I think it was first in uh, Shita no Joe. Okay. Um, Tomorrow's Joe, which is a boxing thing. The boxing, which yeah. Which is also yeah. I like that. really popular here. I see that all the time here. Mm -hmm. And he worked on Astro Boy. You know, he worked on uh, some stuff that was popular. My boyfriend tells me there was a series called The Rose of Versailles that was very popular. Heard of it. And other people might know him in America. He did a lot of Lupin. The TV show, the TV specials more than the show. And he did Space Adventure Cobra. Have you ever oh, seen that? Oh, yeah. I love Space Adventure Cobra. I like the character. The, it's, it's stupid, but it's pretty. And well, you know what? Let me go. So okay, go it's, it's, good, it's good that you said that, actually. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, a lot of stuff that I liked, um, I'm going back. It's like uh, this movie, in fact. You know, I, I mm -hmm. treasured this movie for years. I went back and watched it, you know, a couple weeks ago, and it was like, oh, wow, this is not as good as I remember it being. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, and parts of it have aged very poorly. <laughs> yeah, so, so bad in this period of time. It's the Lord's Year 2021. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I'll get out. I'll say it now. I like this movie. I, yeah. I enjoy watching it. I can like a movie and acknowledge at the same time, yo, it's dumber than shit. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's not why you watch Goal Goal 13. You exactly. watch it because it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. a gorgeous movie. Um, That's probably my biggest problem with Space Adventure Cobra. Is Space Adventure Cobra is a good looking movie, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have the same style as Goal Goal. And he's so cool. Um, you know, he has the little arm cannon. He has the yeah, smoke cigar. Cannon, but the characters are kind of a kind of a shit. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't even remember. <laughs> Honestly, I, have, I mean, when I go back, I, I don't want to. I don't even want to praise him anymore because it's like he's probably doing some like misogynistic crap, and it's like he's hey. not. That, he's not that bad. He's very. He's very down of consent. Don't worry about that. Oh, but, good, awesome. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's a it's it's also pretty. He has a great score. The scores by yeah. for Cobra. The scores by a dude named Osamu Soji who passed away last year. I love his music. Mm -hmm. And. If there's anybody our age who hasn't seen Cobra, you actually have seen Cobra because Cobra is the anim is the animation in the video for Matthew Sweet's Girlfriend. So if you've seen the video for Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet, uh, I take it not not a fan, Norm. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about it. I never I don't know if I know about him, but I like Cobra. <laughs> There's a great commentary for this that was recorded in 07 on okay. the Blu-ray. Really? So, but yeah, Get yeah, out of here. It's, it's interesting. It's the, the commentary is by the director and Mataichiro Yamamoto, who's the executive producer. Okay. And he did he he was the producer on the Vampire Hunter D from 2000s and he produced the Ninja Scroll TV show. 
stuff like that, and some video game stuff too. But th- they talk about that. And the commentary is okay. They spend a lot of time talking about boobs. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Wait, huh? Where did that well, come from? <laughs> they talk about they talk. There's a lot of boobs in that movie, it and is. they make but they, they, talk, they comment on it. Okay. <laughs> they, well, they comment on how to draw a good boob. You know, ah, like, okay. You can't you can't make them too big. But if you make them too small, it doesn't work in animation, they say. And th- my favorite line in the commentary is like, horizontal nipples are important. Like, okay, man, I'll take your word for it. Like, well, I'll say this, though. Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, you know, back then, you know, I think it was um, the people who made Gunbuster. And I know that they have like the whole thing with about the, the jiggling for the main character. So oh, you, God, don't, yeah. you don't see that back then. And I kind of appreciate that because yeah, you know, it yeah. takes away from like everything. You know, it's just yeah, like, it's, come on now. You, you don't need to do all that. All, all yeah, this yeah if you're going to have jiggling, man, make it equal opportunity. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, of course. That's what I mean, too. Go <laughs> <Yeah>. ahead. <laughs> but, sorry. But no, it's it's a, it's an interesting commentary track. They, they have some good insights about it. And it is worth listening, but it is it is kind of silly, too. But the other mm-hmm. people on the movie, the producer is a guy named uh, Noboro Unada. Mm-hmm. He didn't do a ton of stuff, but he's one of those work-for-hire guys. So he produced Inspector Gadget. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, okay. they just and the, go and, the whole gamut, huh? And the Littles. Uh, I remember the Littles. Osamu Dazaki is a credited director on a single episode of Rainbow Bright. You know, I watched all those shows when I was young. I watched Care Bears, uh, the Littles, oh, Rainbow yeah. Bright. So yeah, yeah, not opposed yeah, to that at all. They have a big anime thing. Yeah, um, the movie was written. Oh boy, this guy. So the the we we can agree here. The weak the weak point of Gogo Thirteen is not not even the story as much the script. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it's 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 not the best. It's not the <laughs> I mean, best. The the per- yeah, the person responsible for, the the person responsible for that is Shuke Nagasaka. He wrote for Ultraman and Kamen Rider, you know, pretty simple. Those are like those proto Power Rangers shows, very okay. simple. He did a Japanese version of And Then There Were None, the Agatha Christie story. Okay. Which my boyfriend who I will trust here because he is the Japanese version, he is to Agatha Christie as to what otaku is to Evangelion. So I trust him here. Really? He said that version is dog shit. I'm going to take his word for it. Oh, I thought you were going to say and it was really good, but okay. No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> and most recently, this guy wrote some of the 24 Japan show because Japan got its own 24. Cause oh, you're kidding me. What? Really? Is it? And it is apparently horrible. I haven't seen it because it's no, no English subtitles. Okay. But like uh, my students... Like twenty four is huge here. They don't they don't pick up on the whole national as nationalist kind of right wing bent of it. They just want to see a dude shoot people, so that's cool. Yeah. But like they 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 converted it, and all all my all my clients, all my students who watched it were like, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. I, I must watch this immediately. I have to see this. Yeah, it it sounded terrible. If you can find a d- subtitled copy, man, yeah, let me know how it is. Interesting. Um, yeah, the only other person I think really of note in the making of it is the composer. Okay. Tosuyuki Kimori. Because he hasn't done a lot of stuff. He did uh, a lot of anime and some some live acts and stuff you never heard of. He did these Super Mario Brothers anime that Nintendo will never release ever. The nineteen eighty like six or seven one? Yeah, the yeah. yeah. One? Okay. Yeah. Um the the soundtrack for that's worth a goddamn fortune. I, I want it. And I know you do. He did. <laughs> he, yeah, you know me. Yeah. And he did the soundtrack to Arcadia of My Youth, which is another big anime here. Yeah. But I think the music in this movie is 
fantastic. So I love the music for this movie. Oh, it's I love so it. good. I, I yeah. recorded this like when I was young, like, you know, like I said, I had the tape and I used to just play, you know, this is before I had like, you know, uh, the yellow, red and uh, white cord, but I would just turn up the TV and just play it right by the tape recorder, uh, specifically the one part where like the car explodes and he's walking through the fire and that we used to listen, we used to rewind that me and my friend and uh, just play that part over and over because we love that <laughs> tune so much. Yeah, it's an awesome score, really synthy, good energy, and it has those original songs too, like the opening song. Yep. Pray, pray for, for me, you. Pray for you. Yeah. Pray, pray, pray for somebody. For you. <laughs> Which is over the opening credits, which is also amazing and we'll get to very quickly. Sure. The the singer on that is a, I just found this out too. A woman named Cindy Wood. I would have sworn it was a Japanese person because the lyrics are it's, it's mostly in Japanese, but it, it's an American. It's a Playboy playmate. So I think you found that out the same time I did, even though you're in a different time zone and everything. <laughs> but I think we both, like, you know, <laughs> found that out at the exact same minute and clicked on that, you know, uh, link on Google. Yeah. And the question I'm wondering is, um, does she just sing the pray for you? Or does she, she sing both the, songs? She's singing the entire song. She sings that song and the other song, too. In, the, in Japanese? In Japanese. That's you're kidding singing. me. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's phonetic. Like, okay. I I have sung, I have I have done karaoke in Japanese for songs I know. I can okay. sing, I can sing a good amount of Suki Suki Daisuki by uh, Togoa June. I'm not going to. <laughs> now, <laughs> I was waiting on this for podcast, it. and I can sing some YMO that's in Japanese. You know, okay. And I don't know what I'm saying, but if if you, it's Japanese. My name is Tongpu. Go ahead. Yeah, but Japanese <laughs> singing is, you can do it phonetically. It's it's not impossible. You know, so. I would imagine that's it. See, is, is it's the only thing she ever recorded? <laughs> I really? Don't know. I don't know how this happened. She she tried to be an actress. I think she has a small part in Shampoo, okay. and she is she was one of the Playboy models, one of the Playboy playmates in Apocalypse Now. Okay. That's, have you seen Apocalypse Now? Yeah, I don't remember the Playboy. Yeah, there's models, a scene though. where they have to airlift those Playboy models out. That's that's one of them's her because she was. She was the 1974 Playmate of the Year. So, you know, good for what, her. What better sure... thing to do t- is to sing on a Japanese cartoon. <laughs> my dad, my dad, I think my, I think my dad has every single issue of Playboy. In, really? Um, like, I'm not exaggerating. So if I really wanted to, I could, I, you know, when I go back to America, I could look her up. When people talk about anime, they don't often talk about the cast, but I think the voice acting in this is pretty interesting. What do you think? So, a uh, question. Which version? Which version? Yeah. Yeah. Did you listen to the dubbed or the... Um, uh, I'm not a big dub guy. Yeah. So, I go OG uh, Japanese. Also, it's a good way for me to practice my Japanese. Oh, yeah. Well, that's definitely yeah. so, awesome So, you know, and it's practical. So, personally, you know, I'm more, you know, like I said, I had the movie back in the day. Uh, I more connected to the um the native speaking as opposed yeah. to the dub. Now I did listen to the dub and I hate the dub. But <laughs> I yeah. watched I watched the dub again when you know when I looked at it again recently for uh reviewing it. 
And it has a lot of like the same actors that played in like shows like Robotech. Um, oh yeah, I recognize all the voices. Yeah, 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 you know, and it's just weird hearing say words like "fuck." <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> Rick Hunter, what? Huh? You can't say no. that. Yeah, <laughs> what men yeah. may think. Yeah, I, I I recognize those voices, but those aren't the ones I want to talk about really because like I don't sure. I don't li- I don't listen to the dub. The the voice of Gogol thirteen is Tetsuro Tetsuro Sagawa. Okay. He passed away this year. Ah, with a long life. Uh, he one thing I want to talk about with these people, not really the other voice acting work, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I really I don't think a lot of non Japanese people know the the world of. Japanese voice actors being known for an American actor's voice. So, uh, Sagawa is Sean Connery and Clint Eastwood. That's his voice. Like, for a long time, if you watched a Sean Connery or a Clint Eastwood film, it was his voice. Well, that makes perfect sense. He's also Django in the the first Django film, and he's also Daddy Warbucks and Annie. (laughs) Okay. But that makes perfect sense, though. Yeah, Yeah, he's set with that character already in mind. Yeah, totally. And and so that's that's what I think is interesting. You you find out like certain voice actors who can have like a gruff style. Well, that's him, you know. Or like Dawson, the guy who plays the bad guy, Gorunawa, he's Enigata in Lupin. That's him. The okay. same same voice actor. Wow. And he is the voice of Charlton Heston and John Wayne and Clark Gable. And <laughs> <laughs> So you're telling me he says, uh, you blew it up. <laughs> oh man, I gotta see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes, yes. yes so yes. Well, you know, if if you're gonna watch Gone of the Wind in 2021, watch it in Japanese. No, of course. Or just, Why would I don't, not? Don't or just don't watch Gone of the Wind. And mm. but he's also the voice of uh, Alec Guinness in Star Wars. So Dawson is Obi Wan Kenobi. Hmm. There you go. It's the voice Cindy, one of the one of the few women with speaking roles in this film. She mm-hmm. <laughs> is the voice of Mikey in Goonies. <laughs> what? Um, this is amazing. This is like completely um, mind blowing. The the voice act one of the villains Bragan Bragan whatever you say his is Kosei Tomita he is the original voice of Doraemon like OG Doraemon that is strange and, because yeah he says some terrible stuff in that movie yeah man, Doraemon <laughs> no he's also the voice of Mario in the live action movie the Bob the dub and he was the go to dub for Ernest Borgnine which that's a career I want I would want to have man because Ernest I could Borgnine. See- yeah, Ernest Borgnine's fucking rad. <laughs> I can see him doing that though. He's he kind of fits that one with his little gruff, you know, rah, 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 like the gruff voice. But now I want to see not in my head canon. That means I want to see Ernest Borgnine as Doraemon. <laughs> yeah, that that might not work, but okay. And you never know. And the voice of the bad guy Snake—that's a uh, Mitsuo Senda. There are two Mitsuo Sendas. One of them is a fairly famous comedian. It's not him. Okay. Just in case there's any like super Japanese comedian fans listening, no, sure. somebody else. And but he's the voice of Harry Dean Stanton in, in any film with Harry Dean Stanton, Lance Hendrickson, and Klaus Kinski. So that's a trio. Like I would not want to be the go-to voice for Klaus Kinski. Do you know who Klaus Kinski is? I don't know that, but I know Lance Hendrickson, and yeah, you yeah. have to like swallow cigarettes to get his voice because he has completely like gritty voice but uh Klaus Kinski's a maniac he was an actor his daughter is Natasha Kinski okay so he was in Cat People the 80s Cat People no okay that's fine don't worry about it I know Um, cats (laughs) let's not talk about cats (laughs) 
we haven't really said what the film is about. It wasn't, I mean, kind of hard to say what it's about. It's about an assassin and people want to kill him. Yeah, it's about an assassin being tricked and being very trusting to all of his gadget makers. And, yeah. you know, I look at it now and it's like, man, Gogol, like, you are just completely way too open and giving way too many, much information for a person who's supposed to be like a secret assassin. It's, it's so well, strange. I don't think anyone's ever gone after him before, like in the world of the movie. So in the movie, he kills somebody and their dad wants revenge. Mm-hmm. So he hires, he hires the American government to, you know, because after they killed Kennedy for him, spoiler. <laughs> yeah. They, which is hilarious. Yeah, that was kind of uh, like, you know, that was a trigger warning you would say nowadays. It's like, wait, huh? What, who? That's, that's, that's a stupid warning. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I like how he has the director of the Pentagon, not a real thing, and like working for him and all this stuff. He hires all these people to go kill him and all of Gogol's, like, Gogol's versions of Q, basically, from Bond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they end up being the people he goes after, and they all meet horrible, horrible deaths. There's a lot of horrible, horrible deaths in this movie. Not just people getting shot in the head. The bad guy Snake. What is he doing? <laughs> you mean the little lip sound? That's so the lip sound. Creepy yeah, so they, they hire he hires several assassins to kill Gogol, but like the main one really is Snake, and Snake mm-hmm. is like this super soldier, I guess. I don't know what he is. He has no bones. And yeah, he, he slid this like a snake. He has a weird snake tongue. He has a huge, huge issue with jaundice because his eyes are just completely like sunshine yellow. <laughs> and he has no teeth. <laughs> like, yeah. where did you find this guy and why is he even and alive like, still? Weird like wires of light will suit out of his body. And <sighs> like, he'll just instantly kill people. And like, he's just a weird character. He and, is. It is very much a video game hierarchy of like he's, you know, the head boss is the guy in the suit, kind of like a Jackie Chan movie. Also, the head bo- the head boss is the guy in the suit, mm-hmm. right? And then below him, you get different levels of thugs. And Correct. Snake is the mindless thug. He he has no motivation other than some bad things. And uh, yeah, really bad things. Let's just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And. He just wants to kill Gogol because he can. And he's barely human. At one point, he's just in a wine cellar licking wine out of his hands <laughs> like like a normie, you yeah. know. Yeah, like a normal person. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. Snake, we do and, have glasses over there if you like. No, I want to lick it off of my palm. I don't dude, know. Dude, slow down, man. Like, <laughs> slow your roll. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, he's, he's gross. And then now the other two... One's gold and silver. I love gold like, and silver. Gold and silver are also kind of stupid. Like, oh, they're really stupid. I love. <laughs> what's the backstory for gold and? Do you remember the backstory? Yes, I have it. Actually, tell our listening audience the, the how the origins of gold and silver. So, gold and silver, they are people that they were sent to an island with two thousand uh, gorillas, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and a bunch of other assassins, crazy people too. Yeah, a bunch of assassins, yeah. and they had to survive just using their wits. And they ended up, I think they ate roots and drank rainwater. What is what it was? Yes. And yeah, they just ended up <laughs> just killing. Every, they 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 uh, it was fifty uh, people, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, forty people on an eighty-day hitman battle royale. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They killed everybody, and then they killed all two thousand gorillas. 
Yeah, they won PUBG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's there you go right there. Yeah. So it's possible. Yeah, they won for they won Fortnite, and if what happens if you win Fortnite in real life is that you're crazy. So like yeah. these two crazy hitmen who also fight Golgo and like it's just, it's just the, the escalation of the bad guys, I think is great because you also have like the the military bad guys, and they're mm-hmm. like the most pathetic ones. Like they go out quick. The three and but it those crazy over the top ones and like oh it's so stupid but <laughs> yeah i mean they look like you said this is it's mindless fun like literally oh you, yeah yeah it just looks like i love how gold looks you know his golden <sighs> eye and his like long flowing hair and his gold suit he, and his gold arm like the metallic <laughs> arm it's like yeah but it's it's a gorgeous movie like yeah. it's just absolutely like insanely gorgeous and like the water looks good, mm-hmm. the way it shines, and just there's that amazing chase scene in the tunnel, mm-hmm. and like the car lights up like a rainbow. Yeah, the reflections. I mean, because oh man, they specifically you know stated they wanted like a reflection throughout the whole movie, and it like represented you know uh, like each side of a person and things of that nature. But yeah, the ways they did that reflect. You said the rainbow uh, on uh, as it's flashing off the cop cars and. Uh, and when the, the sirens like are going, you know, around, it just looks so so great. That whole sequence is yeah. so dope. I really like how the cars look, and he has that weird compact car that <laughs> the piece of trash, so, the little uh, assassin hoopty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> assassin hoopty. So that's a real car. The really funny thing is they go to a car dealership because one of his contacts like has like a like she's like Dom, I guess you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In, in Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. But all these, and they're all American cars. Well, they're all Fords or another American manufacturers. But all the cars in this car dealership that's in California are American cars that were only sold in Japan. Really? So, like, the Ford Laser is an actual car. Okay. But it was only sold in Japan and other Asian markets. So, okay. it's kind of a, a goof. Yeah. But also, whenever he's in America, he drives on the other side of the road, too. So, I don't think they were caring. That's too interesting. Much. Yeah, not really. They just, you know, if it looks good, that's fine. Don't yeah, put any thought into good. it. The, the, woman in, the women in this film are gorgeous. Well, yeah, like you were saying, that the, the one he met up with for the car, her name is Rita. And I wanted to ask you this. Do you think uh-huh. they knew what they were doing when they put 69 on yes, her shirt? Yes. You think yes, so? Really? Yes. 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 People <laughs> in Japan know what 69 means. Trust okay. me. I don't have to teach that. Whenever I giggle about it, they know gotcha. what I'm doing giggling at. No, they did that. I, she's cool looking like her shades. I think the – I don't want to say too much about the character. The one in Italy. Okay. The the blonde. What was – the? you know, Dr. Z's daughter Dr. Z, would yeah, say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, her hair is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's such a gay thing to say. But no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean because personally, like even from you know as a kid, I, I uh, respected the dress game because the dress, yeah. like that red dress, like is mm-hmm. murderous. It looks like sick, and you know the way she's all yeah. styled up is so dope. Well, she has a very seventies look to her. Mm-hmm. Like all the women are very seventies, easily. Like the very Farrah Fawcett hair, mm-hmm. you know, and especially and their her. styles. And that, I think it, it holds up really well. Like, Gogol is very 80s style, but all the women are very 70s, and it, it's kind of cool. There is some 70s stuff in there, a lot of sideburns in this movie, you know. And But it, it has such a cool look. Gogol has a cool look. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he looks good because he don't say much. I counted. It is. 
in the film. Phrases? No, 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 not his phrases. Oh, okay. So it takes you nine minutes in the movie until you see breasts, bare really? breasts. He doesn't talk until 18 minutes. So if you see, if it's nine minutes until you see breast, that means it's nine minutes until you see emotionless uh, Gogo 13 <laughs> sex, where he yeah. just lies there. That's, man, that's a, he, Gogo 13 is a lousy lay. Like, yeah. he just, there's a scene after the first assassin, he, his, one of his contacts meets him to give him some information on another, on another job, and Gogol is, is finishing up, mm-hmm. and, but he's just laying on the table while this, while this woman does all the work. Yep. And. No, nothing, nothing. And <laughs> he's not a giver. Com- he's a receiver. <laughs> no, no, man. He's not a sensitive lover. He's not looking out for her needs. Not at all. Even on even on the commentary track, they make fun of it. Really? Like that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, they like they're like in in Japanese. I say it, of course, but they're mm-hmm. like Gogol has no technique, you know. <laughs> and one of them says, like, I couldn't get away with that. Yeah. And you <laughs> like, know what's funny? Uh, looking at some of the manga or manga, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So there's one of this one lady like give him head and like okay they I'm just saying this is Google 13 we're talking mm-hmm. about so he you know he releases and like in his mind they just show <laughs> a bunch of nude angels so this is what he thinks when he's reaching his point he 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 realizes it don't get me wrong and because he wouldn't have sex with so many different you know people and women of the night and women dig him man yeah uh, what's the what's what's 69's name. Rita. Rita says, I want you to pull my trigger. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That, that is, man, yeah. that is that is how a straight man writes women. Like, let's just be real. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thrust, thrust. And, you know, the harder, the better. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Let's stop talking about anime stuff. most amazing the most influential the most the most reason why anyone talks about this movie in 2021 though isn't have anything to do with Gogo thing as a character it has to do with the fact that this is the very first animated feature-length film that has computer graphics in it oh yes yes that was a big selling point for the film than the japanese trailers they use they made up japanese Media loves to take two English words mm-hmm. and butcher them together to make a new English word. Uh, and for this, they they made a word compix, you know, computer p- picture. Okay. You know? So they're like compix movie, like compix action. And to really play up the fact that this movie has CG. When you saw this movie when you were a kid, did you realize how crazy that was? To me, it looked amazing because, okay, yeah, we're man. going back to the late 80s when you hardly had any CG. And, you know, we had the, uh, I can't think of the name of the song, but, you know, the MTV So I Want My MTV. Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. There you go. So, yeah, that was CG. <laughs> for, yeah. For and me. this is before that. Oh, yeah, because I'm thinking, that's 85. Yeah, you're that's right. 85, that's not, cause that is the number one, because I wrote that big thing on my blog about the top 100 music videos on MTV, and that was the number one music video in 1985. I didn't even this think of out, that. This came out in 83. So this is right after Tron. 
Okay. But other than that, there's really nothing before it. And it reading about it and how they did it, it's like they're madmen. <laughs> so yeah, I know, you know, pieces about it, you know, as of that information that just came out yeah. recently. But I know it had to do with them um, manually writing down like the computations and all the mathematics yeah. for it. Uh, you found his interview with mm-hmm. Takahashi Fukumoto. Okay. He was a computer graphics engineer. He was one of 12 engineers who worked on this film. This film has two scenes of CG in it. It has the opening credits are in CG. Mm-hmm. Uh, but only recent, like not the first dub. The first dub cut those out. Wait, cut what out? The original, so Streamline would change the opening opening titles for a movie. Oh, so, I didn't think about that. Yeah, because you, so the original America. dub didn't. The original American release didn't have that. But oh, the opening so scene, the opening scene, which is very much like a James Bond movie, like a music video, mm-hmm. that has some CG and some stop motion with skeletons. It's great. Mm-hmm. A skeleton with a crown of thorns on it. It eats a bullet. It eats a bullet. And they just shot a gun at a real skeleton to, to do that too. Are you hilarious? Man, they were just and, it insane. And it has a CG skull, a CG logo, and then there's a big. Later on in the film, there's a huge, there's a CG building, CG, kind of a CG cityscape, and CG helicopters moving and shooting. And it's the, the, the technology at the time was incredibly limited. So there was a guy at Osaka University, Koichi Omura. He was a professor at Osaka University. And he designed this computer with other people called the Lynx-1 system. It was built in 1982. According to Japanese media at the time, it was the fastest computer in the world. And it may have been the most powerful. It has 514 microprocessors. It was one of the first computers to have dedicated hardware for ray tracing. And it's huge. I put up this tweet that went kind of went viral mm-hmm. of a picture of this computer. It's just this massive stack of cube, of motherboards just in a rack with house fans on it. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that was like amazing. And yeah, and keep so cool. he worked with the executive producer wanted CG in the movie, and so uh, Dazaki, the director, he wanted the CG to be for the scene where he's where the the second sniper scene. Where he shoots the bullet through the other building, okay, you know, yeah, to yeah. kill Hitler's to kill Hitler's bodyguard, <laughs> as yeah. you do, yeah, why not? You know, at least he's at least he's choosing the right targets. But Omura is like, no way, no, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, I can do machines, maybe. Mm-hmm. So they come up with this idea for the opening credits and for this. So they use this computer. It didn't have a graphical user interface. Mm-hmm. It's just 1983. Of course it didn't. So it's programming. He's programming vectrices using graph paper. That is, and, oh gosh. and colors using the code, colors for the code. And it takes like 20 hours to render a frame. And I'm going to assume, just like of Tron, it's not rendering animation. It's rendering individual frames. That's what I thought of, you know, just like how they, yeah. you know, had to color each frame in for Tron. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a pain, pain the same work. Thing, yeah, it's crazy. And the same thing with Tron. So you, it didn't have a hard drive. Tron at least had a hard drive. That computer had like a 300 meg hard drive. This didn't. 
So you get you you once they're done with it, they're done with it. It's gone. And to get the images, they set up a special camera in front of a screen and take pictures of a screen. And that's the footage in the movie. Wow. That is It's the same thing in Tron. For a lot of the more complex scenes in Tron, they did the same thing. There's a special setup you can use. Okay. I f- that was the the hard part about it is like I was saying earlier, my boyfriend helped me translate these articles that you found about this, but he doesn't know the terminology in either language because he's not a computer science expert. Sure. But there is a special com- system you can have to have a camera in front of a TV and it reduces the glare and the artifacting you would see on a TV, like a screenshot. Sure. And so you can't really tell. But they take one picture at a time of one frame at a time. It's not a video of an animation. There is no animation. It ha- it's, it's put together after the fact. That is outstanding. It, it, it's insane. And it did it in less than a year. What, what's funny is that, I mean, to go through all that, you must have some dedication for this and know that it's going to be successful because, you know, if this fails and you put all this kind of effort into it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a testament to show you how big Global 13 is in that country. Yeah, and how much they thought it would be a big breakthrough and everything. But, yeah, it's it, it's insane. A, a few of the people who worked on it went on to do other stuff in anime. The company was a company called Toyo Links. They got bought by another company, and they no longer exist. But after they got bought, they did work for Capcom. Okay. A lot. And they did cut scenes in Resident Evil. Oh, really? <laughs> Omi Musa. And even Bayonetta. Okay. So, like, relatively recent stuff, you know. And But, like I said, they got fully absorbed. They did CGI for uh, Char's Counterattack, the Gundam movie. Okay. And a few other small things. One of the directors of the CGI went on to do the CGI for, for the Final Fantasy movie. <laughs> oh, no. I hope he survived. <laughs> I hope he's still yeah. working. Because, yeah, that was a rough one. And there's a, have you ever heard of this anime called Twinkle Nora Rock Me? No, not at all. So, me neither. Okay, but I'm just mentioning it because this person named Satomi Mikuria, Satomi Mikuria was one of the directors of the CG in this movie, and he also did that. And whenever when I tweeted about this, Everyone was like, wow, the director of Nora Rockme. I'm like, okay, sir, whatever. I don't know what that means. It yeah. means something to somebody. I'm really happy it does for you people. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to uh, turn in my otaku card because uh, like, a lot of those references I'm not getting. Yeah, but, um, over my head too, man. Over yeah. my head too. Don't worry about it. But yeah, the, I think I think putting that stuff in the movie was a way to, I think they thought, give it a broader appeal. Mm-hmm. You know, which is strange because it didn't come out in other countries forever. Well, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, you said, you know, they wanted to put those elements of action and, you know, uh, sexuality and those type of, uh, you know, cinematic points. And I kind of agree. It makes perfect sense because it's just all nonstop action. I mean, the movie doesn't stop. It's like (laughs) it puts its foot on the pedal and continues. It's a spectacle movie. Like it's it's like it's like a Fast and Furious movie. You Mm -hmm. know, it's. It, 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 every scene is a set piece mm-hmm. and when nothing is happening it looks gorgeous mm-hmm. he has to have sex or be kill or kill somebody every 15 minutes <laughs> is that another one of like. the, uh, okay i didn't know if that was like you actually <laughs> uh, got i didn't time it timing for I, that, I, I could have got a spot stopwatch out but it's because like he kills somebody he has sex 
he has sex again, then he kills that person. Then someone else, yeah, it's just nonstop. Se- it's it is sex and violence. The like it is everything your parents warned you about. And you know, you know, it's funny too. It's like the manga isn't really that. Sometimes like no action happens in like the manga. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. You yeah, know, yeah, it literally can just be a story about something. You might see Gogol's face at the end. We're done. But like this yeah. one, this is just like, <laughs> like. Oh well, you can't God. do that in a movie. Listen, this is how this is balls to the wall. So. Uh-huh. You know, when he gets to the final, you know, the building we talked about, with the CG building, when yeah. he rides on the motorcycle, <laughs> he crashes through the front door and then shoots the bike. <laughs> like, for <laughs> no reason. The <laughs> bike's a whore. <laughs> Basically, it's like, I mean, for one, you're supposed to have the element of surprise because you're an assassin. But, I mean, why shoot the bike? It was, I don't know, it was your means of transportation. It was a nice bike. It, so it reminded me of the girl who died, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and like, like there's other people. There's like one of his informants tries to kill him because I think the bad guy made him, and then he kills him. They're like in that that bizarre like underwater junkyard. <laughs> I still like, don't know I, why they were there. But okay. I, me, me, that whole scene. I, like this movie's view of America is fantastic. Yep, I love, I I love like Kiki's delivery service is Japanese Europe, mm-hmm. and. Where everything is mystical and magical, and every house is mock tutor, and everyone's just baking bread in their windows. Mm-hmm. Um, Japanese America is an urban hellscape from like just it is like the Warriors twenty four seven easily. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like the background of Streets of Rage, you know. And every place, like Gogol thirteen, murders someone in an airport. Yeah, and no, well, you know it's funny. No. Yeah. I'm funny about that. Uh, I, I do want to talk about that because it's really interesting okay. and stupid. Uh-huh. But also... <laughs> My favorite uh, company. <laughs> uh, that's actually based off a manga scene. And, oh, okay. And it, guess what happens? The grandfather doesn't get shot. Or not, oh, even, it's not even the grandfather. I think it's like, you know, I think that was just like a caretaker at the time. But uh, he punches the girl in the head and she <laughs> dies. So, yeah. I'm glad they changed that. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, uh, I don't want to see a child die by anything. I mean, you know, not even yeah. by disease. So, yeah, I definitely want to see no. get punched in the face by no. over 13. I mean, she had it coming, but still, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's fine, yeah. The idea that this American businessman, like, controls the world is a very very Japanese idea like it's it's that's an idea in America too but there is and I'm not attacking it for it there is a very strong anti-American government vibe in this film oh yeah because they use all elements the CIA FBI yeah. uh yeah. not necessarily the government but you know they use all of those types of uh officials yeah yeah that's a common theme in a lot of uh Japanese um media you know kind of very critical of the government but kind of in a in a very two dimensional way, and, you know, and, and like I'm an American here, I don't I bother. It doesn't bother me. Be critical of America, knock yourself out. It's fine sure. by me. You know, it is. It is a very silly critical. It is a very silly way to be critical because it doesn't make much sense. But no. it's fun, you know. <laughs> so basically, it's like if Donald Trump just. Um, well, I mean, it's not too far from the truth. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But you're like right. If, if, you're if right. he had the police. The FBI and the CIA just get to bed in one room, and you know what I want to do? I need you guys to kill this guy. And yeah, I mean, yeah, this movie came out in 1983. That's when Trump was at a, that near the peak of his like mainstream pop non political popularity. You know, he was a big deal in the mid 80s. Yeah. So 
I would not be surprised if the bad guy in this is at least possibly inspired by Trump. Possibly. You know, it just yeah. it completely makes sense. Not a, e- and I'm not saying that as a political viewpoint. Oh, yeah, no, it's view, just, no political viewpoints whatsoever. You no, know, fuck that dude regardless. But, <laughs> just, <laughs> but he has a yacht with his name on it. It says Leonard Dawson. Yeah, totally. That's a very Trump move, you mm-hmm. know, and, and his building is very is gold and all decked out. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So why not? He's he's cool looking than Trump. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, the movie. I, <clears throat> excuse me. I was very surprised to find out that this movie got a limited theatrical release in America. Yeah, I, I saw in that. 1992. Yeah. I can see like a midnight show at like, you know, one of the, we had in Chicago, there's this one called Music Box. So they show mm-hmm. like a lot of anime um, at like, you know, midnight or 11 o'clock. So I, I could kind of see that. Not like, you know, the AMC or anything like it didn't, that. It played independent theaters and it mostly played college towns. Okay. You know, that makes sense. And this was right after, this was, you know, this is four years. At, so when did Akira come out? 89 or 88? Uh, I, I think it was eighty nine, personally. So yeah, Akira came out. Akira came out in Japan in nineteen eighty eight. <laughs> it came to America in came to America in eighty nine. Okay. So, so and it made a million dollars in America. So, which is huge mm-hmm. for an independent animated film, playing small theaters. So that definitely opened the floodgates for other companies, and I would imagine it would take about three years for a company to buy a movie, dub it and market it and put it out. And this is probably one of the first animes to come out to try to cash in on Akira. And it's not a mainstream film. No, like, yeah. It's it's not anything that Akira fans would want to watch, to be perfectly honest. I don't I think mean, it's so. not anything that film critics want to watch. Akira is full of symbolism. Mm-hmm. And let's be real, Akira's nonsense in a lot of parts, but it, you think it means something. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it has a style and... It's when Akira came out, nothing looked like it, especially in America. Oh, no. So just that alone got people interested. This is three years later. It doesn't have the same story. It's violent to an extreme. It's misogynist to an extreme. And the few critic reviews I could find, most of them did not like it. Like, not not even a little bit. I was flabbergasted that Janet Maslin from the New York Times yeah. <laughs> reviewed this movie. Janet Maslin's reviews do have a very strong feminist kick to them. Okay. You know, in good reviews and bad reviews. And so as you can probably guess, didn't like this movie. She said it was a lurid melange <laughs> of violence and soft core sex. And uh, the the anim- good animation wasted on a, quote, crude and idiotic story. She gave it a Another compliment. Pr- she said good animation. Yeah, well, a lot of them said it looked good. Betsy, Betsy Sherman for the Boston Globe. This is a great review. You may need an inoculation of Disney after seeing the professional Golgo 13 just for balance. This new Japanese import is an amazing piece of animation, but it's cold as ice in its violent storyline, making Akira seem soft. They were a little more. Ple- they said she said for the hardcore, you might want to check it out. So she knew it had an audience. Yeah, see, I mean, that was kind of the problem, you know, uh, in the eighties <laughs> and the early nineties because everyone was so scared of animation being. If it's not 
geared for kids, it can't come out unless it's like unless it's like Ralph Bakshi, you know. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. Uh, yeah, it has to be catered to children, you know, no matter what it is, even if it is for adults, it has some kind of child <laughs> element to it. Uh, like the yeah. like, like the GI Joe movie where Duke was supposed to die, but at the end he's like, "Hey, Duke's all right," even though he has a snake going right through his heart. Yeah, like Akira. Akira obviously was not the first animated film made for adults to be released in American theaters. Like we had, there were there was the Ralph Baskey films. Mm-hmm. There was Watership Down. If you want to oh, scar God, your I child, don't cry. Like, yeah, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, watch Bunnies Die. Yeah, and there were like they would come and go, but. Plague Dogs, another one. But yeah. For the most part, like th- this didn't happen. So whenever, whenever an animated film came out that wasn't for kids, they really had to make a big deal. That, that that's like when you see a lot of what anime studio, what distributor put it on the box, not for kids. Well, who did, was that? Central Park Media. Who did that? Um. Like, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and, and like another one, uh, it was like with a robot on the front of it. It was like 16 and over or something like that. Yeah, all yeah, those. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they. Yeah, they would they would make their own ratings. Like if you go to like going back to like early internet, like rightstuff.com. Yeah, yeah. They would have their own ratings on it because they had to. We had a policy at the video store of like, if it had penetration in it, then. It was adults only. Gotcha. Then every then we, but, but we didn't really separate between R and PG. It was basically porn and not porn. And if it didn't have porn, you were good to go. So how did this one so, do at the video store? By the way, I don't remember. Like we only like this is near the end of my family having the video store. We okay. sold the video store in ninety six. Okay, so ninety five. So this is near the end. The anime did very well as a whole. Okay. Anime did very well at the video store. We had like two waves of anime in the store by the time we sold it. So, hmm. but most of the anime sold, rented very well. And then I remember when I went, when I went to college in Bowling Green, Ohio, there's a video store there, a video spectrum. They had this movie too. Okay. And so it got around and it, it was, it was on Streamline and they were a bigger distribution company for anime at the time. So it was a pretty popular uh, movie. I used to see it a lot of places. You know, you, everybody. Yeah, saw yeah, and and it had name recognition. You know, because mm-hmm. Google thirteen. Because like, if you're our age, you play the video game. Oh, another reason too. It was called huh? the Professional, and that was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> no, because this is before the movie. It was before the Professional. Professional was like ninety four. Oh, ninety five. I think. Okay. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. It's, it's the other way around, man. Okay. No. <laughs> Yeah, the professional, the Leon. Leon came out in '94. Yeah. Ah, so, okay. And remember, the professional is only called the professional in, in in America, North America. Okay. In other countries, that's called Leon. Gotcha. And so, like the director's cut of the professional, the the Jean Reno movie, and just, that's Leon, just the professional. To, to kind of, uh, you know, I I thought the professional was so cool because it reminded me so much of Go Thirteen. To be perfectly honest. Oh, totally. It was yeah. so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it is very similar stories and assassin. Not similar stories, mm-hmm. similar character. They go wildly different directions. Like yeah. the Leon is about an assassin finding his heart. Yeah, Gogol thirteen has no heart. <laughs> oh he, no, he's devoid. No, he, he's, he's barely a, human. <laughs> he's barely human. He that is like a, a big problem with the film is that you cannot sympathize with this guy at all Mm-mm. because he has no humanity. Not at all. He's. He's just a, he's almost literally a killing machine. Yeah, literally. And it's kind of cool from a, you know, boy, that's different kind of perspective. But it gets kind of old, I think. You know, and, and like, 
this is the kind of thing I put on as background. You know, it looks pretty, mm-hmm. but it it doesn't really endear you to the character. Well, I mean, the thing is, unless you go into it like knowing who he is, <laughs> I mean, the question you ask the yeah. entire time is like, who is this guy and why does he have these abilities? And why can yeah, nobody yeah. kill this one guy? They all know where he is. They're all talking about him. So, I mean, yeah. he should be reachable yeah. and killable. Yeah, and 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 like, there's no humor to the movie. No, like it's it's played totally straight. Have you ever seen Crying Freeman? Yeah, I used to love Crying Freeman. I loved Crying Freeman as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not appropriate, but <laughs> Crying Freeman had there was more nuance there for sure, mm-hmm. and it's a more complicated character. It's not also not a great movie, but yeah. a lot of tidy whities too. A lot, of, a lot of tight, that, that, but that's also the very first movie I saw that had like a boner in it. Like a, a, like a, 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 there's a scene in. Are you serious? That's the first anime I saw that had a boner in it. Like what? There's a, I didn't know that. There's a scene in that movie where I forgot who it is. He's blackmailed into making it look like he's having sex with a bad guy. Then it is half sex anyway because like fuck it. And like she she puts her foot on his balls and he has a boner and huh? like like it's like a like a boner boner. And I was like, wow. <laughs> Cool. Exactly uh, right. I didn't know you could animate that. <laughs> Man, I gotta get more anime. Exactly. It is. I, I like Crying Freeman. It's 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 stupid. But um, you know, I don't know what else to really say about Gogol Thirteen. I do recommend it now. Mm-hmm. It's as of this recording, it is on Prime, mm-hmm. and it is just such a gorgeous movie. Like it. I can't get over how good it looks still. Like I've watched it three times the past two weeks, the two commentary tracks. And each time I'm just like, uh, my jaws agape at a few scenes. Even the opening scene is like really dope when he shoots the, you oh. know, whoever that guy is who just got it. Dawson's son. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not, not Dawson's son. The the initial part when he flies in the plane and he shoots the guy at the airport. Oh yeah. That's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, it's just so detailed mm-hmm. and it's very, this very fluid and the the costumes are great. Mm-hmm. The, the character designs fantastic. The the and just the lighting. There's a scene when these guys pull over in a car, and you see all the cars pass them, and the neon, like it's like a long exposure, mm-hmm. so that the light, the the tail lights stay yep. in the picture. Bob Reagan. Oh man. Yeah, when he uh, sits in the middle of the street. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, that whole sequence, the whole sequence where he has to, he shoots the, he shoot, the whole killing of Hitler's bodyguard sequence. That uh, <laughs> I love saying that. I love saying that. Because why that not? whole se- that whole sequence is gorge, like top to top to bottom. You know what's just, cool on that scene too? Yeah. When he goes up to shoot Hitler's bodyguard, uh, when he's pointing every time it's funny when he's pointing the um, the rifle out the uh, window. You can see the reflection from the light, and you see a shadow like move with the light too. It's like yeah. so much detail. Yeah, that was the scene they wanted to do in CG. Okay, yeah. and that was like, no, it's impossible. What you want? What you want me to do with like because you couldn't show a human face. Like, no, no, the, no, no. The helicopters, the guys in the helicopters, they have those giant helmets on, mm-hmm. so you can't see a face. It would, it would look like that. Dire Straits video. It would ruin the entire. It would take you out of completely the uh, the movie. Yeah, and it all. I mean, let's be real. The CG now is absolutely terrible. Like, <laughs> like from a twenty. I mean, yeah. well, no. I mean, it, it, at yeah. the time, it's web. I can look at it as an artifact of its time period. It's like it's like watching an old. Listen, this movie is like movie. my child. <laughs> I have so much care for it. 
<laughs> no, the helicopter. But, but like the CG hasn't aged well. I'm joking. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, it's, there's it's no bad. lighting. Like they couldn't do lighting, <laughs> so it's all just a flat light, you know. And it is what it is. You know, it is. I I don't. Do you watch a lot of anime now? Uh, I actually don't have the time, but I am watching Gundam right now. But yeah, I don't have much okay. of time. But a lot of people seem to not like computer uses in anime these days. Well, okay. I don't know anything about this. I'm out of my white wheelhouse. I'm going to say that if you don't like CG in anime, probably too fucking bad because I bet every single anime is CG. Easily. And so get over it. You know, but in a lot of comments were like, boy, it's better than the CG in most animes these days. Like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. You're lying to yourself. It's not. You are. I mean, <laughs> you, know, look you know, you just you, you develop a comfort for certain things and you don't want to say yeah. real truths. But yeah, you're right. I mean, yo, I love Tron. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love Tron. Tron's a bad movie. You know, somebody said that. Uh, I mean, we're kind of going a little <laughs> bit. I just did a little tangent. Somebody fine, told go, please me go that ahead. in like, I think it was like 97. Somebody said, you like Tron? Tron fucking sucks. It's like, what are you talking I want to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tron. And then I looked at it yeah. again and it was like, wow, this movie isn't the best. I still like watching it. The light cycle scene is amazing, but light cycle scene is amazing. But yeah, yeah as a story, it's kind of weird. And good, good score, the electronic music. Of course. And, but like the thing about Tron, so like comparing this to Tron. So when you watch Tron and you think about early CG, most of it's not CG. Most of it's just matte paintings and shit mm-hmm. and, and like light effects. But whenever there is CG on, if there was CG on the screen and if there was people on the screen, the camera can't move. Mm-hmm. I didn't and even it's notice an action that. Movie. I've never noticed and it's that. It's an action movie. And that's, that's death for an action movie. At least here in the one instance of CG, it's a very kinetic scene. Mm-hmm. But, and I, I don't know how they managed to do this scene with the helicopter flying through the street with all the buildings in it. That's crazy because once it gets to the building, like Dawson's building does not move. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't notice that. But one thing yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool is that, you know, they have this shot from inside of the building and mm-hmm. the helicopter on the outside of it shooting into yeah. it, you know, and, yeah. you know, that takes a lot, you know, it's pretty awesome that they were able to pull that off with that going, you know, I guess, you know, with the element between, you know, the, where the camera's looking at. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like I would say, again, it's on prime still I, as, of, as of as of this recording, it's on prime, you know, how that can go. And if you're interested in the history of anime, it's a must see like mm-hmm. without question. And if you just want to see some dope looking shit, <laughs> basically, it's a must see. If if you again, if you have problems with violent depictions of bad things happening to women, maybe it's not a must see. And I I understand that and respect that. I just want to get that out there. But other than that, like, yeah, it's not the smartest film in the world and it's aged poorly. But god damn, it looks good. It does. And just like you know, give a disclaimer to somebody if you're watching it with them, so you can say, hey. You might run into some, you know, un, uh, might some, some questionable things, so just be prepared. Some nasty shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there is there any other anime from this era that you like that you'd want to recommend? Well, I mean, um, t- from the eighties. Uh, yeah, eighties anime. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I'm loving this new Gundam. Uh, when I say new, new to me, <laughs> because I'm watching the '85 uh, uh, Mobile Zeta, Mobile Gundam Zeta. But uh, okay. yeah, it's it's really dope. I love it. So, but yeah, as far as the anime movie, mm, I don't know. The next thing I could think of 
that came out like, was next was like Fist of the North Star, and then it came out. Oh, oh yeah. Like if you want some good '80s action anime, I recommend Fist of the North Star. It's even stupider than this. <laughs> he walks through a building. <laughs> the, the heads explode. You know, um, Space Adventure Cobra is. I didn't love it, but it also is gorgeous, and it has a great score, and it's it's a lot. It's a good fun B movie. Mm-hmm. And completely different, completely different tone. Urusei Yatsura Two, a beautiful dreamer. Yeah, you don't need to see the first one. Mm-hmm. Urusei Yatsura Two is from the eighties, eighty four. It is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. If you were going on vaporwave tumblers like five years ago, you saw scenes from this movie. Really, like it's a gorgeous, almost like a dream style. It's it's one of the best of that era, you know, that doesn't involve, you know, a giant robot. I, um, I love her works. And yeah, you know, looking at now, I can, can refresh in my memory. I'm thinking of like, uh, I think a little more late, later 80s in Area 88. That was mm-hmm. one. Um, it wasn't completed. That that was one of the reasons it's hard to recommend because, you know, you, mm. you watch these and they don't necessarily, you know, end. <laughs> like literally <laughs> Area 88 just leaves you on a complete cliffhanger. And uh, Gray, one of my favorite mangas, had a movie as well, and it just didn't uh-huh. match up to the book, and it was just like uh, it it ends like on a complete cliffhanger. A lot of that happened, you know. The endings were just were not good for those a uh, lot of the anime. Akira too. Yeah, Akira kind of doesn't have an ending. Oh, two more, two more. Bubblegum Crisis. Oh yeah, yeah. That's another. Mm-hmm. That's like that's an OVA. Uh, or it's a straight to video anime, mm-hmm. and those are great because that's like the peak of Japan's bubble economy. Mm-hmm. So they're just like throwing money at this <laughs> shit, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. And that movie looks amazing. Does, all that series, shading, all that. Uh, yeah. Oh man, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. And one more, um, Wicked City. Wicked City is crazy. That was a Wicked City is dope. Sick Another movie. movie with the same composer from Cobra, uh, Osamu Soji, and that movie is bloody it's crazy like supernatural bizarre horror it's based on a book i think that's an awesome piece of 80s anime and so yeah if you 80s i love 80s anime because that's the tokyo i wanted to go to you know um i live in tokyo tokyo is great i live in tokyo now i love it but it's not the tokyo of my dreams is the tokyo in of 80s anime (laughs) if that makes sense that makes sense. Are you there? Oh no. No, I'm. We lost Norm for a bit. Gold Gold tried to take him out. You know, we, we he went undercover. You've moved to a secure location. Everything's okay now. Yeah, it's the second time he messed up. And, you know, he actually did mess up one time uh, in the manga. Uh, somebody basically sabotaged his weapon that he was using. And uh, he had a misfire. So he actually gave back the money to the client. Wow, I didn't know that. So, gonna have to give whoever tried to take you out, Norm, gonna get a refund. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. But don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just sitting here talking about the 80s of 80s anime of my dream, and Norm's gone. Like, oh no. Yeah. Scary. Someone took out Norm. Goggles in Chicago. But anyway, we're going to wrap up. So, you got anything else you want to say? No, just that, I mean, like we said, a million times i think it's worth watching uh definitely especially if you're an action enthusiast i mean it just you know it's, it's a pretty movie it's not too long it, you know it yeah it, there's no slow parts like, like i said it's just movie is just full go no stopping so yeah it's, it's a nice little entertaining movie yeah cool well i'm glad you like like, like i said I, it's not great but i still love it and i do recommend watching it for sure but norm why don't you tell people where they can find you on the old internet out there Okay, yeah, well, you can find me at uh, twitter.com at normallyretro. Uh, basically, everything I do is at normallyretro. And the site that I'm currently working on now um, is a question of character. So it's literally YouTube. Yeah, those are very funny. <laughs> YouTube.com. Uh, I said YouTube.com. A question of character. Uh, literally just <laughs> the way it's spelled. And I'm, thanks. I appreciate that. It's really yeah. fun to do. Yeah, that's why I wanted you on here. But and as always, you can find me online on Twitter at Lost Turntable and on my website, LostTurntable.com. Norm, one more time, thanks for coming in. It was great talking to you. And I'll be back again next week for a talk about another great movie. So thanks. Good night. Lose control.